Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show. Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our hero's journeys. This is Taking Flight, an entrepreneur's journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. Well, it is wonderful to be here again today and to be the host of our really exciting Taking Flight EO Atlanta podcast. My guest today, I know, is going to enthrall so many of you. We're going to have a great conversation. Um, she is very, very strategic, detail-orientated, organized. She's an author, a leader, a speaker, chief executive officer at Communique USA, Inc., and founder, podcast host at Audible Voices. Mm -hmm. It is Shani Gogwin. Welcome, Shani. Yay, thank you so much for having me. I've been so looking forward to this conversation. I'm really, really delighted to have you here. So I know it's going to be so much fun. So, um, okay, so we're going we're gonna to kick right, uh, right off. Shani, I'm going to dig right into our first question, <laughs> which I know it. our listeners, yeah, they get excited about. So the first <laughs> one is, what did you get right when you took your first flight into your entrepreneurial journey? You know, I, I laugh because I, I think once you become an entrepreneur, you can look back over like your life story and I could see glimmers of her very early on in my life. I just didn't know that's what it was. Um, I, I remember being in the seventh, in the second grade and I would make these makeshift pom-poms out of sticks and like slips of paper that I curl and color and I go to school and sell them in second grade for 25 cents. They looked terrible, but people, you know, power persuasion, people would buy them. Um, but I don't, I think what I got right was I have always been very, very clear on what I love and what I love is writing. And so had it not been for my mother who steered me toward figuring out a structured, sensible way to write, I, I tell people I would have been left to my own devices, a big haired bohemian woman just writing on the beach, <laughs> no direction. So that uh, gift, that love of writing, and then that that direction from my mom to like, okay, if you want to make, if you want to write, that's great, but you got to figure out how to make money writing. That literally became the compass and has always been the true north for my whole career. So I got my start in corporate, working in ad agencies and Fortune 500 companies in marketing, when that didn't serve me, I knew I wanted to write. And so I was able to figure out a way to monetize my talent in that huh. truly has been the gift that my mom gave me that I, I got right. But I, I kind of got a good dose of mother, motherly maternal push to get that right. But as long as I can monetize my talent, do work that makes me really happy and fulfilled, I'm, I'm right where I need to be. I love that. Yeah. You figured out what you're good at and how to make money from it whilst also being very happy with it. Yes. Yes. So it morphs, right? It morphs and it changes as I grow. We just celebrated 20 years of business in October, which is this whole, 
thank you. It's this whole kind of trippy feeling. And then I started thinking, wow, I started working at J. Walter Thompson as an intern at 17 in 1992. That was 30 years ago. So I've been doing this for a long time. But the, 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 what I've been chasing is the passion for writing and creating. Yeah. And it morphs and changes, whether it's a podcast or a speech or working with a client. For me, it's all tied yeah. to this, this love of writing. When you actually, though, if, like first launched the company, do you think there was something there really in particular you got right beyond what you've just said? Because I mean, I do agree. And I love the fact that you are combining your passion with being able to make money, because I think a lot of people get on the pathway and think, okay, how do I make money? And actually right. making money doesn't make you happy. Right. Um, unless you're actually enjoying what you do day to day. But like when you got started, do you think there was something in particular that you, you guys did that you felt like, you know, that was a, a platform for success to grow on? I, I think I have been blessed to be a very futuristic, lightweight, prophetic person. And what I got right was the timing of it all. Um, I to take you back, the year was 2002. Um, it was September, October 2002. So this was like a really crazy time to start a business. I was 27. Um, the dot-coms had all literally just burst. I'm working in telecom at Bell South as a ad manager, advertising manager, and nobody's leaving their jobs. Like we just had 9-11 a year ago. It's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. And I think belief in myself, I got that right. I It was... I, you know, I, I naively thought everyone was going to be happy that I was leaving out to start my own business. And I did not get met with a lot of support. I got met right. with a lot of, are you freaking crazy? Like, wow, what are, what are you doing? Yeah. I also got diminished a lot. Like, oh, well, what does your husband do? Like, it couldn't be like me alone yeah. having the ability to do this. But fast forward 20 years later, I started this business at a time where content didn't drive anything in marketing. Yet I have this communications company that specializes in helping people find fractional comms talent in uh, writing and doing content work and content drives everything. So I would say timing, I got that really, really right. Like 20 years later, everyone's starting businesses. Everyone's consulting to do this today. What I did 20 years ago, I would have been one of many where I was very ahead of the curve. And I, I've always been very ahead of, yeah. of of where the market is. Okay. For whatever reasons. Very good. Well you are you were you were the person making pom pom things in the plate in the playground <laughs> at school. So you were ahead of everybody else. You started that way. I'm still ahead. Nobody's figured out what the <laughs> Yeah, how do we use these? It's like love that. So who are or were your co-pilots on this journey? Uh, honestly, you know, I, I don't give a lot of credit to my ex-husband. Um, the marriage didn't work out, but when I decided I wanted, I that entrepreneurial spirit was there, yeah. right? I talk about it when I'm talking about the pom-poms and I was always organizing things and leading things at a very young age. But when it was, I probably wrestled with starting my own business for about two and a half years uh, before I actually took the step out and did it. And uh, Sarah, I, I, the, the thing that is the true north that I love to do, I could not believe that I could make money doing the thing I love. So I really went down this path of looking at franchises and 
I mean, I turned every franchise opportunity to think of upside down. I was very close to starting a kinder dance franchise. And I remember he at the time was like, Shawnee, you don't dance. And I'm like, I used to dance in yeah. high school. Like, this is doable. But those nothing ever worked. I, I really got frustrated. Right. That paralysis of analysis led mm-hmm. me to this pinnacle point where I, in a very exhausted way, was like, I give up. Yeah. I'll just write. And when I leaned into and embraced what was already there, that's when everything, it just was like the Midas touch. It all just started. The wow. path just found me. So I have to give him credit. I mean, it's, it's funny, you know, I, I can't say I'm giving him credit publicly ever for anything right. in life. He's an ex-husband, uh, but he was my co-pilot. Yeah. He, he definitely had ownership. He was the person cheering me on. He had, in a lot of ways, way more belief in me and my ability to do this than I did at the time. Yeah. That's so good. And I love the fact you shared that first time publicly. Did everyone hear that? On EO Atlanta podcast. Oh, he's listening. No, he, gets his, he gets his flowers, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's like, you're right. Your partners can be, I mean, they're supposed to be your best and worst critic. Yeah. So, you know, when we're sharing ideas with them, you know, the good ideas or the bad, the bad ideas get pulled down and they give you that honest feedback. So it sounds like you needed that. Yeah. Well, here's a funny thing too. Like this is a person I do not have a relationship with anymore. We've right. been divorced 15 years. Like. It's almost like it never happened, but yeah. he in what I was doing so much that even in in the the moment of divorce, the okay. one thing he said I will not take from this marriage is communicate. He gifted his shares back to me. He was like, I believe you're onto something. Right. I think the company at the time was like a hundred thousand dollars in revenue. Right. right. So you know, fast forward, I yeah. I think he really saw this for me where I I was just trying to be happy and ready yeah. Yeah. do creative work. So it's pretty That's cool. really good. Really yeah. good. So what is a challenge you and your team had to solve recently? Recently, you know, the challenges are, I, I laugh because we're at the end of a year. And what I love about the end of a year, you're no longer wondering how the year is going to unfold, right? You start off with your plan in January and all this hope and you have the ups and yeah. downs throughout the year. But in, in December, you're like, Okay, we did that. Yeah. Um, as I look forward, we we had a huge impact from COVID. We lost 85% of our business in an hour. I'm not sharing that pretty openly. What I learned, and I just shared this with my forum recently, I am really learning to give myself patience and grace. It's taken the full three years to really recover and come out of that. We are um, getting ready to close out with our strongest year ever. But when I run that backwards, I'm like, wait, like three years ago, we completely tanked. We had to pull it back together. So this year has been a really uh, hard year looking at the financials, really, you know, figuring out, you know, debt repayment strategies, consolidating debt, taking and scrubbing out the emotions around the narrative of how we got here and just dealing with the facts, the raw, the raw, um, results of like damage and trauma and and really working very, very hard, very, very cohesively with our team. Shout out to Brian Soka, our EOS implementer. We did hire him. It's been a really great year, but we spent a lot of time really taking some hard looks at what's working, what's not working and removing 
the emotions and really trying to approach it very factually and logically. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I don't know how, you, why, maybe time has allowed you to do that because I imagine that would have been extremely hard to do perhaps before this year because there was a lot of emotion, wasn't there, wrapped up in, I mean, losing 85% of your business must have been frightening. Uh, it, it was, I don't mean to diminish it, I have been through a lot of personal loss in my life, and I I was very appreciative during the pandemic, the things that I went through, whether it was divorce or, you know, illness and, you know, suffering with depression and having to take extended breaks from work or the unexpected death of a parent. Those things I had to do completely alone and with a smile on my face and still perform and still work. And I found those seasons to be honestly way more difficult than going through a pandemic where everyone was losing. Right. You may not have lost business. You may yeah. have lost, you know, hope. You may have lost, yeah. you know, family members. But we were all like going through this together. So I, I, this sounds really weird to say. It was probably one of my best years personally because I'd gotten to this stalemate place in the business where I, when I joined EO, I didn't even know if I wanted to keep my business. So you come face to face with, losing the thing that you aren't even sure you want to keep and then yeah. you decide to fight for it we just decided to yield to god and the universe right. and trust the process and it, it worked out but i you know had it not been for ppps and eidls i would have oh yeah completely different answer but yeah. there's a point where i told my therapist i was like i'm actually really not stressed i'm having a great year and yeah. she was like let me remind you you're getting a lot of money from the government yeah. right I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that does help. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. Let, let me ask you this, though. So you talk about taking the emotion and looking at things factually. Is there any advice you can give to any listeners? Like, you know, how do you do that about your business? I mean, I don't know if there's anything you can share there. How, how do you? Yeah, I, you know, so I, I spoke a little bit about depression. I um, had a, a depressive episode, got diagnosed when I was 30. And my dad at the time, I'm very, very fortunate because my dad at the time really gave me this nugget of advice that served me very, very well. And I got it really early on. He was like, and I was so depressed that I'd had this breakdown and I couldn't work and I was scrambling, trying to get back to work. And it just, you know how in the pandemic, everyone's like, well, if we can just get back to normal. It was my first time realizing when you have an traumatic event, you don't go backwards. You don't go back to normal. You have to reset and figure out what, what is this teaching me and who am I on the other side of this? So I remember crying, talking to my dad and, you know, I just was like, I just want to get back to what I was doing. And he said, you know, Shawnee, the sooner you realize that you are not your business, the better off you're going to be. So I've fortunately been able to, to attach to the best of my ability Shawnee, the person from Communicate, the company, and it served me very, very well because yeah. at the end, and then I laugh and say my exit strategy is always my mom's sofa, which she recently said, don't come over here. <laughs> like, you know, I think going through a lot of personal loss really has framed for me what's most important. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm I'm not likely to be a homeless person. I'm not likely no to be without food, without shelter, without family, without amazing community of people who love me. So as long as I keep that in the forefront, the ebbs and flows of business, we can ride the waves. Yeah. No, I I, I do the same actually when I get overwhelmed and anxious about things and you kind of 
you got to look at, we get so caught up in our lives and our issues. You got, it's really with the, with the mind trying to take yourself away and look down on it as if you're just one of so many other million of people. And it starts in perspective. Yeah. I did a meditation on this one time I was going through like a relationship breakup and I like ran away to the Bahamas to just like get away. And I, that's the, probably the first time I started diving into meditation and the meditation literally took you from your room and where you were kind of outside of the room to where the space you were in. And by the time we were done, we were like in the universe somewhere looking down on earth, looking down on your place in earth. And then your problem is even smaller. Yeah. It's super tiny in perspective. Yeah. Then when you add that we live in this amazing country with so much abundance and wealth, I, I just try to keep in perspective. I am in on my worst day, I'm living yeah. my grandparents, my ancestors' yeah. wildest dreams. And yeah. and if I got it once, I can get it again. Yeah. I just can't. That's where my cocky kind of comes in. Yeah. But it's okay. I can get it Be again. cocky. <laughs> Be cocky. Cocky cocky brings confidence too. I like that. So But what keeps you centered, Sarah? Oh um, good question. What keeps me? I mean, I try and do the same. I don't meditate, but I I just I do I do look at I I well, I'm always, I'm always very aware that I live in a country that I never thought I would live in. Mm-hmm. Never thought I would, you know, marry an American man, have two daughters, run my own business, which I absolutely love. And I have to remember it's a business. I have to make money because I love it like you do, Shani. I mean, I think right. I write too, like you do. So there's a passion there. Um, and I love to communicate. So, you know, Sometimes I'm like, you know, do you, you don't in the early days, you don't have to pay me. I was I wouldn't ever say right. that. Right. <laughs> like, literally, I, I enjoy doing this, but then you realize actually there's payroll twice a month <laughs> for all your people. Um, but no, I just just really being appreciative of um I, I do the same. I mean, my grandparents I know if they were alive this day would smile at me warmly and you know, and say, Keep going, sweetheart. So I know that right. they're proud of me. So um Right. Yeah, I say a lot. I've learned through life, like you, you do not get to control what happens to you, but you do get to control how you respond. Like I couldn't control a pandemic ravishing our business. I could control how I responded. I could control how I picked up the pieces. For me, that looked like not looking at the news, not inundating myself with the negative messages and, and taking this intentional, gracious approach that if we're, if we, and I've always done this, like, because we've been through two recessions and a pandemic now over 20 years. I'm like, if we have a piece of business, we're in business. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Like, we're working. We're over here working. Yeah. Not, I'm yeah. not going to let the news, the recession fears. I, I see it, but I know. if I put my attention there, if I would focus during that pandemic or going out of business, we would have gone out of business. Yeah. You'd allow yourself yourself to survive it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the same thing now with the recession. Everyone's like this looming recession. It's like, I'm, I mean, okay. I know you have to plan for things, but my view is I'm just going to keep doing what I'm good at. Keep doing what I'm good at. Yeah. Because here's the thing. We create these self-fulfilling prophecies. So at the point, and we're media people, media yeah. marketing. So we're talking about our own folks. Oh, our people, yeah. The message, then you know, it's the news highlight. It's what's newsworthy right now. Well, that's what's in the feed. It creates the fear. People stop spending. Well, yeah, you're going to yeah. create a recession. I know. Hundred so, percent. Yeah. I agree with you. So um, yeah. So is there a favorite book that you have right now, Shani? 
Uh, so I read a lot. Uh, I'm an avid reader. I, I was so snobby, Sierra. I was like, I am not reading, doing Audible. I'm a paper book girl. And then I, I realized I started listening this time last year. I listened to Will Smith's book. Oh, so did I. Before the Oscars. Yes, so did I. And then I before just finished it recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I listened to it on Audible. It yeah. was so entertaining. Uh. I have gone through so many books this year on Audible. I was like, wow, I can get through books a lot faster. So currently I'm reading um, The Light We Carry by Michelle Obama. Um, I I just started that because I didn't realize she had come out with another book. And um, that's currently what I'm reading. And then we just finished at work. And my leadership team, I really appreciate. I've never been like, oh, let's go read a book as a team person. We've clipped through, thanks to Brian, a lot of uh, books this year. It's been really, really good for the leadership, for us to read them together. So we just finished the um, the four obsessions of an extraordinary leader. And that was that was really okay. good and relevant to core values and things like that. But that, that's kind of what I'm listening to in my Audible queue right now. Can I just ask you, what does that look like then? So when, when you're doing a book within your entrepreneur's organization, your forum, Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's happening? People just have to go away and we let you come back and you take some time in the meeting to discuss. Well, yeah, this isn't even my forum. This is my my leadership team at Community oh, We sorry. We have a level 10 meeting every yeah. week for an hour and a half and we take it chapter. We'll pick a book and then we go chapter by chapter and we bake in about 15 minutes to share our impressions of the book. I found it's been really helpful because they have a greater appreciation for me when they see me and my role in the pages and I have a greater appreciation for them right. and how they see me and how they show up in the business. So for example, when we uh, read the book Rocket Fuel in Traction, yeah. you know, I'm a futurist, I'm a visionary. I had no clue I was given the whiplash organ with the organization whiplash every time I had a new idea. They're like, yeah, girl, like, right. yes, slow down with the ideas. Right. But it was us reading the book together and it created this very healthy respect and and deeper level understanding of the different roles we each play in our gifts and how we bring them to the organization. So we're coming right off and never lose a customer with Joey Coleman. And that's our next. Yeah, that was so so good. Yeah. 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 Really enjoyed that. Okay, thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. What excites you about the future? What does your future of flight look like? So I'm at a place in my career where I holistically am very future focused on what does my next chapter look like. Uh, I'm very grateful that I've decided I do want to keep communicate. I do want to grow it. I want to be able to be acquired or sell if we can get to about the 10 million mark. Yeah. However, I don't know that I will or I won't. What I do know that I am called to be on stages speaking and advocating for mental health in the workplace. Um, That's where I feel the most alive is when I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. I'm currently, um, you know, being pitched for a TED talk. So I'm hoping that comes through soon and uh, we'll kind of spark things and and move us in that direction. So I'm very, very clear on my gifts and my talents. I serve my organization the best when I am allowed to just be her on stage, influential, and, and do purpose work. I laugh because we didn't have a label for it in 2002, but I'm totally uh, a consummate um, so, social entrepreneur. Right. And social entrepreneurship yeah. is much more important to me. Yeah. Like, what is the purpose of the work we're doing beyond the, the revenue? Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. 100%. Okay. 
That's exciting. I hope that TED Talk comes through for you. I, so. I think it will. I think it's a timing thing. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. But that's on the horizon. Is that like a TEDx Atlanta? Is that? Well, um, so I'm being pitched. So it could be in any of the above. Right. So, yeah. you know, I've had a couple of auditions and, yeah. um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. see where I land. I'm excited. You better let me know. You better let our listeners know about that. So. I will. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to learn, and I know our listeners to um, do as well. Like, who are you? So be- before communicate, mm-hmm. um, you know, what what was life like? What who were you before then? Before communicate, um, so you know, it's funny. You know, we talked about you know, I am not communicate. I am, I am a sister. I am a daughter. I am a passionate friend. I am my best when I'm around people I love who see me fully, not just who see Shawnee the leader, but who see like Shawnee the person, the the real stripped down human person. I absolutely love being uh, the days where I can be inconspicuous. I I recently um, just went back to dancing since it was such a big part of my childhood and rediscovered the gift of that. And I was telling people, I absolutely loved not being the leader, like not being the best, being able to be part of a collective of people who just were out there doing soul work, really. And so as a person, I'm a very um, spiritual person and not in in the way I am a faith person of faith. Uh, I am a Christian, but not in a preachy way, but it's very important for me to live my best life according to the values and principles that matter to me. And that is much more for me about honoring people, allowing people to be human, letting myself be human, and stripping down some of the things that I think we have to put on as entrepreneurs to be strong leaders. In my personal life, I like being anonymous. I like being normal, for lack of a better word. Um, Yeah, so... Okay. I do love to travel. I love great conversations. Mm-hmm. I love to dance. Mm-hmm. I like to have fun. Yeah. You know, I like to talk as you can hear. So it's all good. You're very good at talking and conveying your message as well. Yeah. And and I can hear the warmth and the passion in you, Shani. I've always noticed that about you. And I think it's um it's a real quality. Um oh, especially you. when you're successful. It's like because being successful can sometimes mean we lack that empathy and we lack that, you know, we can come across, you know, like, you know, it's, it's all about us and that's all, that's all it is. And it's, I know with you, it, it doesn't feel that way at all. You care about the people you talk with. So I think that's yeah, really, really I, important. I, if this, I mean, this is not to sound sad. I think I, I, I deal with a significant amount of loneliness sometimes. And so it's really important to me to connect with people because you just never know what's going on behind someone's smile. And I can look back at harder times in life and I know what that feels like to be isolated. I know what that feels like to be dealing with the death of a parent and the world has gone on and you're literally suffering day to day just to hold it together. And it's at the end of my life, I know no one's going to talk about oh, the millions of dollars communicate made. They're just going to talk about how I made them feel. They're going to talk about some great moment they had with me. So I, I put that, 
I prioritize that up yeah. and making sure I make space for people in, in things that matter most to me um, so I can be present for people. It's just yeah. really, really important for me. Yeah, that's really, really good. Thank you for sharing that. So present day, like what problem do you solve and what impact have you made, do you think? Yeah, so um, we, we again, help companies communicate by helping them find a fractional marketing or communications person or managing their comms projects for them. But really what we're in the business of is providing stress relief. And so we track and measure our success based on how many hours we save our clients and really how we take them from these frazzled, over-indexed, stressed out managers to people who are able to be at baseball games and ballet lessons and you know, take off and know they have trusted partners behind yeah. the scenes. So we we call that philosophy joy economics. And our tagline is because life is more than marketing. And it it again, it all kind of dovetails yeah. narrative that's important to me. But that's that's what we're about. And I we've done a lot of research. And even before the pandemic, stress was costing US companies $360 billion a year mm-hmm. in productivity losses. So when you start doing the math. Um, on what and how stress is showing up in our organizations. I'm, I'm very passionate about advocating for healthy workplaces yeah. and allowing people to be human within boundaries, right? Um, but yeah. to give them space to do life and to do work so that yeah. we can all rise and our companies can grow off, off of the healthiest versions of ourselves. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, and I you can you can feel when a company does not have that healthiness inside by just yeah. looking at the people and um and feeling that stress and I think COVID has taught us a lot about the importance of employers leaning in and actually truly truly listening to people I, I believe that people say that they listen but a lot of people don't don't right. listen and I think as an employer you have to really listen and well and that, that that humanity is what gets yeah. you the hard times, right? Because if you're always focused on metrics and and six outward outward expressions of success, at the moment you don't have that thing, you automatically yeah. begin this spiral of failure. And yeah. there's so much joy. There's so many great things happening around us, mm-hmm. and we we as business owners, I really think we miss it a lot of times because mm-hmm. we're. We're great at what we do, but there's a lot of life going on outside of yeah. success and what who gets to define success. So for myself, yeah, yeah, when I started defining my success more around was I happy, was I fulfilled, the whole the whole like game shifted. Right. That's so interesting. Oh my gosh, that's a whole topic in itself. I'd love to delve into Yeah, that. like if you could think about it, if you couldn't, if you couldn't if you cannot report on your revenue or your net income as your success metrics, how do you measure success for yeah. you personally? Yeah. Yeah. For me? Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. <laughs> That's a great question. I need to think about that. There's lots, yeah. of, there's lots of ways, but um, I think well, for me, I have two daughters. And so I've raised these two daughters to be, you know, I'm still working on it. They're 16 and and 19, but you know, you're raising them to be confident, to not need a man, to bring in their income, to 
be selective on even you know their friends and who they choose to be with make good decisions you know when I don't mean that be selective yeah. in a cool way I mean just make good decisions on who you spend time with and and I feel that when I see the fruits of my labor and my husband's labor there especially with my 19 year old who's old enough I can start to see that it's like that that obviously makes me happy because that's me yeah. you know I've I've always been a huge advocate for um, college education and standing on your own two feet and being able to literally feel like if you had to leave tomorrow, you could go buy yourself a house, get a mortgage, get a car, live life, and nothing really should change. Right. So if we like if we projected you into the future 20 years and you saw both of your daughters living that out. Yeah. And let's say you never made another dime for media frenzy. Yeah. Would you still oh, I would be, be very, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It's just okay. shifting. No, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I allow myself to shift the yeah. lens on, at any point in my life on yeah. how I define success yeah. for myself. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because I kind of think if I didn't work and I just allowed myself to really focus on that goal, I would end up alienating my children from me, too. So it's <laughs> like you've got to be yeah. able to... It's balance, uh, right? Yeah, dem well, demonstrate what I mean. I'm trying to demonstrate to them, like by running my own company and across three continents, you know, when they were tiny, you know, that that's what I mean by, you know, you just you just get up and you just keep going. And I think that's right. really important. So um, right. anyway, so yeah. Oh, I love this next question, but it's it, this is my this is the introspection question. Dun, dun, okay. <laughs> and bring it. If you were to do this all again. Would you do it over again? Oh my gosh. I know. Honestly, you know, I, I, you know, I was so I was raised by this very industrious baby boomer mom, but everything you just said about how you are raising your daughters was yeah. what was exactly important to my mom. Right. My dad was the free spirit. He was the pharmaceutical right. salesman, the peopley part of me. That's all yeah. Jerry Godwin all day. Right. But, um, you know, my heart, I'm gonna be really honest, my heart would go be the big hair bohemian writer and just go for yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I've, I've spent my time in a corporate shell and I think that's where this friction inside of me comes from. Yeah. Left to my own devices and if money and survival was not yeah. needed, I would just go be free. I would yeah. be a bird. I would be bohemian girl on the beach. And I think I would still be as successful I think I was raised by a very pragmatic mother who wanted to, who, you know, was also great in her own right in corporate. That, they were very much the get a job, stay there forever kind of generation. You know, I, it just wasn't the way people raise their kids now. If that had been nurtured in me more and I had been like poured into like, go forth, we will support yeah. your writing career. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't know that I would have gone this path. I think no. this was the structured rebuttal to like, Right. figure out how to make money yeah I wouldn't trade any of it no I know what you mean it's, it's created a very beautiful life mm -hmm. style and a beautiful story for me so I think when I look you know again at what's next for me it's bringing the whole thing full circle because in that way I do have the income I do have the lifestyle that will support being the author the writer yeah. the speaker yeah. you can go and do all those things I now. can do them now yeah because you've you've 
Yeah, exactly. So you you made me, when you were talking about being a writer and bohemian, I'm starting to think about that movie I just watched, Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh, I just saw that on a flight. Oh, so good. I'm imagining you, but obviously she was an illustrator, but you are a writer. I can just imagine you kind of like getting- I would say, I don't want to go live in the forest. (laughs) I felt the same when I I watched it. I would die if I could be around people. But yeah, I just saw that on a plane. It was so good. So good. Yeah, and then twist at the end. I won't spoil it. Oh, yeah. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Not, we don't know who's listening, but the twist at the end was excellent. Yes, yes. I know. So, bonus round. Okay. What do you, <laughs> you kind of already alluded to this, but I'm going to go a bit deeper because I want to know more. I told you when we had our prep call, I want to know more about this. What oh, do you do? Yeah. What do you do outside of work? So lately, I'm back to dancing. Um, so I took when I say dancing, I took ballet, tap, and jazz. Um, from sixth grade to 11th grade. And I loved, loved, loved it. And again, I said my mom was really pragmatic. When I got to senior year, I'm the oldest of three girls. She canceled Christmas on every senior activity known to man because she's like, we got to pay for her to go to college. So like I was supposed to be a debutante, that got canceled, ballet, everything just got scrapped. And I went to Hampton University freshman year I tried out for their dance troupe, the Terpsichoreans. I did not make it. And I hung up my point shoes. And I, it was over the pandemic that I realized that I was bringing this achiever leader into my workouts. And I was chasing all of these really hardcore goal-oriented um, workout regimens. I did five half marathons, two triathlons. The thing is, I, I don't enjoy it at all. Like people would talk about, the high they would get when they ran. And I was like, I'm looking at my time, my performance. I wasn't fast enough. And so the pandemic gave me time to reflect. And I made a commitment a year ago to get back to doing workouts and moving my body in ways that I loved. And here's the thing. I always dismissed dance because I was like, well, that's not real. That's not real exercise. And it, it is. I just didn't, I didn't experience it as exercise because I loved it. And I realized it if you just do something you love, it doesn't matter what no, it is, it just move your body. Yeah. So, Actually, it is exercise. It's cardio. This is where the achiever kicked back in. I wasn't just going to get back to it. I wanted to perform. And Dance 101, which is an adult dance studio, had a performance series. So I just jumped in cold, hadn't danced since I was 17, which is kind of crazy in hindsight. Wow. And we just did three shows in November. Uh, it was oh like literal Beyonce tour choreography. It was crazy. It was a whole amazing experience. But what I got was this amazing tool and gift, a whole new tool in my toolbox to manage stress, to uh, again, take off the leadership helm and just yeah. be regular. And exercise is probably like the fifth benefit that I got from it. So it's just, a, this, I'm still processing the experience, but I'm very excited about dancing into the new year you're giving me some ideas here because I was the same I went to I did dance up until about the age of 14 I did the same modern tap and ballet absolutely loved it loved modern and I have tried to dabble back into it but that was before I had children um and you know I'm just thinking the same I may go and see what there is around the area I'm in because it is like yeah, you enjoy it and it's exercise, and but I love putting on a show too, Shani. I think. Well, that's the know. other thing I realized. I what I you know so the same feeling I had when I speak showed up during the performances. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I really like to perform. That's what I'm starting to see. There's a yeah. whole perform thing going on. So 
I also have uh, another goal I set for myself was to actually do something that scared me. So in January, I'm reading an open mic night of some poetry that actually terrifies me more than anything. So yeah. I can't figure out why, but January 4th, I'll be on somebody's microphone reading something I've written, poetry or something. So I'm excited to hear. That yeah. One. So I'm pushing myself into the arts a lot more, which is wow. you know, right up yeah, which is, oh, I can only see really wonderful, happy things happening in 2023 for you. It's going to be, thank a, you. You've got so many different moving parts and all things. I think you've done a, it sounds like you've done a good job. And I'm sure it's an ongoing job, Shani, about channeling obviously what makes you happy. Um, yeah, well, that becomes the true north because if I'm happy, and that's what I've come to realize, communicate doesn't have to be my only sole source of happiness. And the more I sign things outside of communicate that make me happy, I actually show up as a better leader because there's less pressure. I'm making more rational decisions. I don't have all my my cards and, you know, I'm not a betting person, but I'm not betting just on this one play in my life. Yeah. And I get community and friendship and yeah. all the things that come when you allow yourself as a leader to expand beyond just the work that you do every day. Yeah. Really great advice. That's really, really good. Thank you. You've, you've helped me. You've inspired me today. Oh my gosh. So where can people connect with you? How can they get hold of you? So I'm pretty uh, easy to catch up with on social media. Um, I, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I am also on Instagram at I am Shawnee Godwin and on Facebook at I am Shawnee Godwin. Nice. And communicate. Look, I'm just talking about me and communicate USA. Uh, is me and that my company. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. It, there's a personal side, there's the business side, and they all blend together in some shape or form. So uh, yeah. Yeah, well, this our, our website is communicate-usa.com. Okay. Very good. Thank you. So thank you so much, Shani, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sarah. This was a lot of fun. You're really welcome. I enjoyed it. Thank you to our audience. Um, if you learned something today, Maybe you laughed, uh, maybe you got inspired. Please tell someone about this podcast, EO Atlanta Taking Flight. Um, thank you again, Shani. This has been a very another very exciting episode of EO Atlanta's Taking Flight. And I look forward to seeing and hopefully uh, you guys hearing from us all again very, very soon. See you next time. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. For more information about EO Atlanta, visit eoatlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.